immediately jumped. His eyes widened when you were like, you can shoot web. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Welcome to 321 Lay On Podcast. This is a podcast about live action role playing games. Your hosts today are Ashton Ruby, myself, my brother Evan. Hey, and our good friend Joe. To glory. <laughs> and we have a special guest today, uh, Jeff Batone, co creator of Dark Times LARP, uh, and a friend of a friend of ours. So we're glad to have him on the show. How are you doing today, Jeff? Just fine, thank you. It's great to be here. So why don't you give us a real quick intro of yourself, let the listeners know who you are. By day, I am a administrative assistant at a hospital, and by night, I design games and write stories and write LARPs. That's the elevator pitch. Nice. Short, I like it. Anything uh, people might be familiar with from your work? Uh, yes, I was one of the people who, who I used to work for Slugfest Games. And I helped to design their uh, Juggernaut Red Dragon Inn, which, if you play board and card games, you've probably seen. Nice. Yeah, that was... That's the most famous one. Yeah, Mike mentioned that, and I kind of glanced at it a little bit. looks like a fun game. It is pretty fun. I enjoy it. I'm not biased or anything. (laughs) Yeah. Not a little? No, not not even a little. (laughs) Totally neutral. How did you get into that whole making games and that kind of thing? Uh, mostly by accident. (laughs) I, I started out as a tabletop role player, so I had some ideas for a campaign world and then I started to have ideas for other games and then I started LARPing and then I had more ideas. And so it's just kind of snowballed to the point where I write stuff down and people are kind enough to be interested in them and try to play them for me. So, so it just keeps, uh, moving along that way. Nice. Give us a timeline, if you don't mind. When did you start tabletop gaming? When did you start LARPing? Uh, so I started tabletop gaming in like 1980 when my neighbor invited me over to play Keep on the Borderlands. I was an elf. I fireballed a room full of orcs, and, and thus my life changed forever. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, as for LARPing, I when I went to college in 1991, I fell in with this guy who... Uh, did buffer fighting with ye padded swords and i did that for months and months and months and then finally somebody said hey do you know there's a game you play with these and i was like like Uh, what (laughs) (laughs) and then they dragged me off into the woods and i haven't been back since nice cool do you uh you want to name drop any games you've played or did you staff just player all about uh i've done i've done a little bit of both uh the recent ones now are I'm uh, playing a Lion Rampant, which is in Massachusetts. I used to staff the Prophecy Games, uh, which were also in Massachusetts. And I'm currently playing a game called Mistwood, where I'm in Vampire Gravedigger, which is the costume you see in the picture that's up there. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and uh, that's sort of like, you know reasonably high accuracy medieval fantasy and that's in maine which is also where we're going to be running dark times out of nice no it's so far away it, it is far away i am <laughs> well, investing in teleport technology <laughs> oh Ooh. awesome that's quite a repertoire resume uh we're Thanks. kind of 
all sort of newer to LARPing. Uh, Joe has about four or five years experience. Uh, and then Evan and I LARPed when we were in high school, like over a decade ago for only a couple years. And then for really no reason, we kind of didn't LARP for a long time, but you know, all the other nerdy kind of hobbies we stuck with for the most part. Um, and then a friend of ours got back into it last year and we got really back into it. Um, I don't know if hardcore is the right word, but we've been really into it and, uh, it is. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, it's gone so much has changed since we LARPed when we were younger, um, that there's so much more to do to fill your time as far as making your own armor is something we, and weapons we really enjoy. Uh, but anyway, Mm -hmm. we liked it so much. We started this podcast. So awesome. He just complained to me today that there's too much to do. Is there a relaxed version of the game? <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, it's great talking to people who've done it for a long time, and uh, we definitely learn a lot from those people. So we're glad to have you. Oh, great, great. So go ahead, tell us a little bit about Dark Times. What um what initially prompted you or inspired you to create your own LARP? So I've always wanted to to run my own game, but I never really knew what it was that the world that i wanted to do but basically how this all came about is many years ago wizards of the coast had a design the next D &D world sort of contest and ultimately what came out of that was the eberron world and and books and stuff i remember that when you said that yeah okay cool cool so i was like i don't want to do the typical generic fantasy i want to do something like grim and dark and this is before grim and dark was really a thing so i didn't get past the first round which was which was okay it was fine and then the uh the file sat in a drawer for years and years and years and years and finally i was like you know i, I don't know what i'm going to do with this but i want to like I write a little bit better now. I've got some better ideas. Let me just flesh this out. So the first thing I did was there's a, a nation in Dark Times, which is the Necropolis of Skalhane, where there's these two necromancers who have resurrected everybody as basically zombies, but they're free-willed and they can talk. And they're rebuilding the city for some reason, and they're working on this huge construction project. Nobody knows what it is or what it's for. Only the liches know, and they're not telling. And so I showed that to my friend Bob, who is my uh, co-game runner, and he said, Jeff, that's great. You should put that in a Google Doc and share it with me, and then I will add to it, and we will make a LARP out of this. And that's basically what happened. That's awesome. And give us another time frame. How long ago was that? Uh, I think this was about two and a half years ago. Okay. And for a while, it was just like, once we had an idea, we'd put it in there. But then he got so excited that he started telling other people, and then the hype was real. And then we really started working on it because we needed to actually play this with people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they were going to hurt us. It's a good motivator. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. The threat of, of angry LARPers always gets me moving. Yeah. And they are well-equipped. Yes, they are. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Tell us a little more about the game. Um, what kind of game would you say to either, you know, someone who's at least familiar with LARP, how would you kind of summarize it? Um, you said a little grim and dark, but, uh, you know, is it light touch? Is it does it nerf? That kind of thing. Uh, so it is uh, buffer combat LARP, lightest touch, beanbag spell packets, you know, that sort of, that sort of framework. Uh, there's a, there's a 
pretty complicated and robust skill and power system as well as a crafting system. Uh, the genre, I guess, of the game is we wanted to do something a little bit different than... There's a lot of LARPs that have broadened out from this, but the one that I'm most familiar with is sort of like the medieval or the high medieval. And this is more classical age, so it's kind of ancient Greek in places based around the Mediterranean Sea. There's actually a sea that's like the Mediterranean Sea that everybody lives around in the game. And one of the big things that we're trying to figure out is... We don't want to have tabards because that's very much a thing for medieval LARPs. And it's like, okay, so what does everybody wear? And can we get enough of those to outfit everyone so we all look good? And that's going to be one of the biggest challenges. But we did have an Indiegogo that was successful. So we have a little cash in the bank for costuming and props, which we're really excited oh, about. Nice. And uh, so where are you at? Kind of, this is still in development, correct? Yes. So we're behind the scenes stuff, I think, is mostly fleshed out as much as that kind of stuff ever is. Um, we have a rule book that is uh, in Google Docs that is publicly accessible. I should probably. Oh, you have the link, actually. I think you do. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked oh, a little okay. earlier about trying to get That's right. some of it. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of a it's a massive sprawling document. We have the sort of the broad brush strokes done, but we're still working on like individual skills and the wording of some things. Um, and the deadline is fast approaching because on May, I think it's the nineteenth, we're going to have a a rules playtest, which is basically show up at the camp, make a character, take our system and snap its spine, and then we'll try and glue it back together and make it fair and balanced and working and everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I would say we're about. 80 to 90 percent done oh, nice. with the book at this point which i am pretty excited about awesome and uh just the rule book or also lore and plot and story like i said we've got the lore is pretty well sussed out to the point where we know what's happening in the world we know why things happen as for individual like the discrete this is the story arc of the game mm -hmm. we're not 100 percent sure about that yet but we have enough of the bedrock that we can we can connect stuff together if and when we need to. And that's actually a little daunting for me. I kind of wish Bob was here because he and I approach plot writing from completely different ends of the spectrum. I like to write in advance and have documents and have reference materials. And he, five minutes before we're about to go out, he says, okay you're this and this is what it's going to be and this is why it is and we're all like okay i hope this works and it usually does which is great nice sounds like a good balance it is it is i think we'll have a happy medium of of a relaxed yet robust world <laughs> that's awesome is it uh just you and bob or do you have some more people helping you out or uh, we do. We have our our friend Lizzie, who is uh, who is relatively new to LARPing, but who is a fabulous NPC and a really good crafter and plot person who comes up with a lot of good motivations for characters and stuff. She's probably going to be playing all of the evil people, but we'll see. Yes. Uh, we also... <laughs> somebody approves. That's Let's good. Go. <laughs> Uh, we also have our friend Doug is on uh, has joined us uh, as uh, one of our cast members, which is good because we need more of those. And we also have uh, Lynn and Michaela who run the Parallax LARP up in Maine, which is a little bit like taking the black and going to the wall, the LARP, from what I've heard. I haven't played it yet. 
And in between doing that and all of their other awesome stuff, they're going to help us with costuming and props and plots and characters. And it's, it's going to be great. It's a really solid team so far. Awesome. Do you have an idea of your player base or how many, how big the game's going to be at least to start off? Not really. We have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of excitement, like I was saying Mm -hmm. before. And uh, Bob recently put out a survey that was basically like, if you were going to play, what is the likelihood of you playing? And who do you think you'll be? And who do you think your enemies will be? And yada, yada, yada. And we had this whole big thing. And I think we got about like 12 or 13 pretty solid like, yeah, we're coming. Why isn't this game started yet? (laughs) And so... Maybe we'll get like twice that many, but that's fine because the the sites in in Maine tend to run a little smaller as far as player base and NPC base okay. is. And I don't mind that because I think for me anyway, it, it feels like a more intimate game and everybody gets a lot of plot and everybody gets a lot of attention paid to them. So if that works out, I'm fine. But I mean, if we also get 60 people, I'll work with that too. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it sounds great. And so you're pretty active on like Facebook and stuff? Is that a good way to get information or get involved with the current community around the game? Yeah, at, at present, that's pretty much the our only link to the outside world is on Facebook. I think it's Dark Times LARP Facebook page, and there's skulls all over it and stuff. So you'll, if you go there, you'll know you've gotten it. And there's uh, links to the rulebook and updates about how we're doing. And periodically, I get inspired to write weird fiction in the world, so there's like... It's not necessarily lore that's going to come directly into play in the game, but if you read it, you get a feel for what the world is like and for how kind of awful it is. Mm. I mean, awful in an interesting way, I hope, as opposed to in like a unpleasant, I don't want to play this game way, but we'll see. <laughs> gotcha. I really kind of like your um, the servitors. It's a really cool oh, yeah. idea for Ashton and Evan who didn't get that far. <laughs> they're kind of it's like a way to like um uh, i mean i'll let jeff explain (laughs) so i can't take credit for that because uh uh these rules were originally developed by the main adventuring society which i've been playing their game since the late 90s and they had they they originally the joke is that we always try to call them something different in every different game we run. So they're gray spirits or gray monks or or nim or travelers or whatever. And basically, what it is is we get these cool robes and we've got sort of gossamer cloth in front of the face. So when you put it on, you look all otherworldly, and you're basically a GM, but you're in game, and so you can stand to one side and call effects or tell players something has happened and it's not like some random guy in like you know sneakers comes up to you and says hey it's like this spooky thing says oh by the the nine realms blah 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 you fall down and die and it's like oh that was scary <laughs> uh and so and they're also in game and sometimes the games play with that wall where like you can attack them or possess them or drive them away. And whenever that happens, people know that that's when stuff's getting real because it's like, you can't affect those things normally. What is even happening now? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Almost like watchers. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. And uh, sometimes when it's really dark, they go out with lamps. So nobody trips and falls and kills themselves. Yeah. Which is an important service. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I've been always says I hate playing in the dark. 
<laughs> my biggest complaint about LARPing, maybe one of my only complaints, but playing in the dark is terrible. And people get mad at you when you pull a flashlight out, so. Yeah. You just need yeah. to be a server. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm rerolling. <laughs> hey, let everyone know. I'm changing my character. Sorry. Sorry, they don't exist. <laughs> what are some uh, things that might be a little different or unique about Dark Times that you might not see in most other LARPs? trying to think uh of how to i i obviously not knowing every single larp uh, i think yeah. <laughs> i think the setting is different because it's set in a different time period than the usual mm-hmm. like you know swords and armor fantasy it's it's mu- it's an earlier period it's much more inspired by like conan and similar things so it's this this earlier somewhat more primitive somewhat more violent age which is great for all kinds of like mining it, just reading all those old stories and getting ideas. Mm-hmm. The The big thing that's different is there aren't a lot of fantasy games have a lot of gods and we don't, they're, I mean, effectively they're gods, but we call them powers. So basically what happened in the world is everything was great because that's always how it starts. Everything was great. And there was one God who was in charge of everything. And then that God died. And, the sky went completely black and there was nighttime for an indeterminate period of years and everything was awful. And so in the darkness, these horrible nightmarish creatures with strange powers show up and the surviving humans say to themselves, there's no way I can survive on my own. How about I serve you and you give me a little bit of your power and I as a result, become less human, but I get these abilities that allow me to survive. So the big sort of overarching theme of the game is how much of a monster are you willing to make yourself to get ahead in this very, very dangerous world? And a lot of the game is going to be there's these people who serve different powers and they're from different nation states. And the unthinkable has happened there. They have found a place where there's relatively neutral ground where they're not constantly trying to kill one another all the time. And so they said, okay, let's use this neutral site as a way to meet one another and talk about what we need. So a good portion of the game is your nation state wants you to do something without breaking the treaty of this place and also not allowing anybody else to get what they want. So there's a really high kind of political backstabby espionage aspect that I'm excited to see how is going to it's going to be. That sounds really cool. Yeah, sounds cool. Cuz I was I was actually just going to ask like <laughs> how many can I serve? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Some of them like, don't mind if you serve a bunch. Others are like seriously, I'm going to eat your soul now. <laughs> sure. They get all like Highlander-ish and they're like you can there can be only one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I got that's like the chapter eleven in the rule book where you get into specifically what those different deities are. So, so were they? Oh, I don't know if they're deities, but the powers. I mean, uh, it it's basically the same. We just call them something different so that it's like they're not these infallible, all powerful yeah. things. They're mm. these sketchy monsters that you make deals with. Gotcha. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And those are the things we were talking about, Joe. The yeah, before <laughs> I was like <laughs> nerding out before because <laughs> I was like looking through them and I, I was like, it's really cool how the different powers like work and how it changes you. And like, 
uh, how you how you look and and stuff like that. Um, you said that it's like, is that based on like the nation you come from? Is there like different races that you can be, or is it? Good question. Explain that. <laughs> um, so ostensibly, everybody, well, everybody but one particular faction starts out as human beings. Okay. And so basically what has happened over time is that some of the powers have created nations for themselves. So it makes sense that if you are in that nation, you serve that power. But there's also powers that are just kind of out in the middle of nowhere and they don't care about that kind of hierarchy. And there are also nations that don't, I don't think, that don't necessarily have a particular power that everybody is supposed to look to, although most of them do. And so what winds up happening is we have a, a marker of how degraded you've become, and it's called taint. Everybody starts off at blemished, which means the world has affected you a little bit. And the more you tie yourself to a power, the higher your taint goes. And the higher it goes, the more power-specific abilities you get. Like there's the mother spider who lives in the spiral forest, and the more you worship her, you get to shoot webs, you get to use poison and you get more eyes and whatever, but you become less and less human as you go. Mm -hmm. Because of that, other things that I can't say right now will happen to you possibly. <laughs> um, but you can also be, there's also the option for the person who's like, uh, you know, screw your system, man. I'll be a wanderer and I'm not going to serve anybody and I'll just wander around and, and get into trouble that way. And that's kind of a hard I think character arc to have, but we know there's always, cause that would be what I would do. There's always that one person who's like, I want to be the weird outsider. I pick that. Yeah. You got enough nerves together. That's bound to happen. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. always one yeah. or two yeah. or a dozen. <laughs> we did try to make enough stuff so that everybody has something. I, I think, I hope that when they read the rule book, they're like, okay, this is the thing that mm -hmm. I want to do. Without so much, I hope that it's not overwhelming. But we'll see. That's what the rule play test is for. Right. Yeah, that's generally how I make characters. I'll look through the rules and see something that stands out that I really want to gear my characters for. Yeah, like usually <laughs> one skill is usually what it is. It's like, oh, I want that. So I got to do this, this, and that. Okay. Got my character. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind yeah. of the same way. So that's he immediately, why I... immediately jumped. His eyes widened when you were like, you can shoot web. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Sign me up. What, uh, what kind of characters? A little side question, but do you have a type of character you generally like to play when you're a player at a LARP? Yes, I'm a max minner, which means I take things that I think are interesting, even though they don't go together in any coherent way, and I am weaker by default. <laughs> Uh, as opposed to a uh, min-maxer, which is amazing at one thing. I'm not very good at anything. But uh, despite my lack of rules chops in that way, uh, I tend to play uh, smart, story-oriented, sarcastic characters because I am a smart, story-oriented, sarcastic person. <laughs> and one of, my, one of the things that I try to do with every character is I say, okay... Here's something that I want to do. Here is one aspect of my personality that I, that I either want to put the pedal to the metal and it's going to be all this all the time or say this is a thing that I always do in real life. I'm not I'm going to be the opposite 
mm. while I'm in game, and and that has served me well as a general rule of thumb for making characters. Nice. Sweet. Any uh, funny stories doing that come to mind? Yes. Yes. Uh, so my latest character, which I'm playing for Lion. Lion is a game that it's magic high fantasy post-apocalyptic in the ruins of a modern world. So it's a little bit like uh, Shannara in a way, I guess, is the closest analog. And they said you basically can pay, play whatever you want. And you could talk about like modern day stuff like TVs and cars and whatever. And it's not out of game because we used to have those before the technology went away. Mm-hmm. So I just randomly decided out of nowhere that I was going to play a guy who is an accountant who has decided that he is the shadow, the pulp action hero. Uh So I've got the trench coat and the hat and the scarf and they don't have guns in the setting. Otherwise I would have guns and I'm constantly monologuing. Like at one point they, they called, they called my name for something. I said, a cry goes out from across the room and the brooding hero answers. And people are like, what? are you doing <laughs> and that's it was the reaction what, you want yeah, yeah yeah like okay that guy's weird let's hang out with him <laughs> and it was just one of those things where like i didn't ha- really have a plan i was just like Let, let's see what happens and then i put the costume on and, and everything clicked and came right together and it was great and i'm going back next weekend and i hope to get into a lot of trouble <laughs> oh man that's funny yeah there's a character uh, or player that plays a character that comes to the game that I help staff at, and Ash and Evan come to, that he's kind of like that a little bit. Um, he plays this uh, Bobbin character. Who's, they're basically like hobbits, and he's like a hero, and his name is like Hieronymus, and he's just like, he's always like, in the middle of the fights, like, you know, this is, you know, to glory, to the glory of like, the Shire and all that stuff. He's like monologuing in the middle of the thing. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty great. I think he actually, um, so we have, you know, we have like a channeled heel and they're pretty loose about it. You can come up with whatever you want. And mm-hmm. I think for at least one event, it was like you had to act out or like pose a certain way in order to get healed from him. So he would make, <laughs> make the other person pose the way he did so that they got the hit points. It's pretty funny to watch. It's a perform action, and it doesn't yeah. say how you have to perform. So that yeah. was what he chose to do, which is great. I do like that when rule books give you that kind of freedom because it's great to see what people come up with for the same thing. It's I love that. It's wonderful. Yeah. Is uh, Dark Times like that, or is it pretty spelled out or specific, or both? It is. It's sort of half and half. We have what's called an effects system. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I think a lot of games have now, where it's like, if you take agony, no matter what it does, it always does the same thing. And so, for instance, if you worship or are uh, the servant of Mother Spider and you can do agony by poison, mm-hmm. you know, in, in your mind, that looks like a certain thing. So you can role play, like maybe winding up, spitting your caustic poison at somebody. And they can whine, you know, scream and fall down and, ah, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but there's also some rituals and, and things that some magic works off of. I think at least in one version there was. It's been a while. Sure. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's basically like, do this for a minute and then you get to do a thing. So 
I'm excited to see if the players like get together and chant or play drums or scream at the sky or, or whatever, just to get their mojo going. Yeah, all three at the same time. Yes, oh, also a possibility. <laughs> what about um, as far as player influence of kind of coming up with their own powers or things like that? Is that a possibility or or do you think you're covered with all the ones you've created pretty much? Yeah, so I think I think the plan was is that there was an earlier version of the rulebook where it's like, or design your own. Mm-hmm. And then we just kept coming up with stuff, so we quietly took that out. <laughs> um, we hit all the bases. <laughs> I, I, I hope so, but I feel like if there's a player uh, who comes in and says, I want to serve a power, but I'm not really feeling any of these ones in the rulebook, that's a plot right there. So we'll... Mm-hmm. We'll put something together and make it happen, and we're always interested in... I mean, obviously, we can't... There's a balance. You know, you don't want to warp the game world just to make someone get exactly what they want, but I'm more than willing to work with someone to say, I really want to make contact with the power that does this, and it's like, okay, just wait around town for a little while. They'll come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You may regret asking me, but here we go. <laughs> Yeah, I think Steph says that to me a lot. I'll post something, <laughs> post something on the forums or Facebook, and then later, or say something in this podcast, and I get a response I like not. that. They say, uh, <laughs> "Careful what you wish for." Right. <laughs> Usually, your wife, Joe. Actually. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's true. Gotta watch out for her. <laughs> so, has uh, working on this game and coming up with your own world and rules has that changed your perspective at all for the games you? that you're a player at or even a staff, but not a creator at. Uh, yes, very much. So, uh, we have, and I don't know how many other games do this, but in the new England area where I LARP, there's, we have a lot of post event letters and part of it is I do this between games, And part of it is, this is how I feel about the game. And I used to be such a nitpicky jerk (laughs) about things. And then, Getting on the other side of the curtain, realizing like, ah, oh, they have no control over that. Mm. They have no control over that. They tried really hard. And so I think now, you know, when I do write post-event letters, I'm like, hey, you guys did okay. This didn't quite work, but I'm sure it's fine. Please don't be mad at me. I know you're really tired <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so it's 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 a very different perspective being cast than being a player. And, mm-hmm. and so I... I I'm trying to be much more forgiving when I'm a player of cast because I know they're just like me and they're doing their best and they're giving it. They're all playing a dozen people while I only have to play one. So (laughs) all while entertaining you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Or trying to or or stabbing me in the dark, which is which is also the same thing. How would you compare um, coming up with board games versus coming up with a LARP? It's similar, but different. I feel like LARPing, there's, especially for tabletop role-playing games, LARPing is easier because it's like you don't have to worry about stuff like ranges or movement or, you know, mm-hmm. action points or whatever. It's like, I walk over there as fast as I walk over there. I throw my spell packet. If I hit the guy, I hit the guy. If I don't, I don't. And that's nice. And there's also this, I think it's because of it's the improvisational, I mean, role, all role-playing is improvisation, but it always feels like in LARP, mm-hmm. people are more willing to just to just go with it so it's like i threw that thing and then i realize 
oh, I don't actually have enough magic points left to throw that thing, but they're taking it anyway, or I missed cast something, but they're still running with it anyway, and we're just going to see what happens. And I, and you know, obviously you have to have a reasonably strong framework so that when you get into a situ- into situations, everybody's like, these are the things we can do, these are the things we can't do. Mm-hmm. This is the the basic the power level that we can expect. If this thing starts to happen, either that's weird or something isn't working right or whatever. But other than that, it's mostly just you know people having a good time in the woods. And I think I think being able to facilitate that is fun. And I think it's easier and less stressful to have that improvisational style than it is for board games, where I feel like, especially when you're writing rules, you have to be absolutely rigid and perfect in your grammar and your word choice. Otherwise they're like, Oh, so I can do this every turn. That's not what it says, but no, it does. And it's like, okay, stop. (laughs) I'm, I wrote the game. That's not what it means, but that's what you said. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how any of this works. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think one of the things I find interesting is, I don't know what you call it exactly, but I guess the the preconceived notions people come to with LARPs, you know, because um, the game we're playing is still new. It's like just started its second year, wow. um, but it has a lot of people who've been LARPing for a very long time. Uh, a lot of new people, too, actually. But some people have been LARPing, you know, since they were, you know, 13 or 14 and they're in their 30s or 40s now. Mm-hmm. Don't act like I'm not in the room. <laughs> <laughs> So that yeah, it is kind of like if you were playing a board game that you just got, everybody would have to read the rules and know how to play. But when you go to a LARP, there's still the rules. Um, but when you get there, it always kind of feels like some people, I don't know, play a little differently or think like, well, this is how I LARP. But no, this is kind of how you LARP. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So there is kind of that fluidness to it and like the, um, what you say, the ad lib and the improv to it. A lot of different styles. Yeah. Yeah, I was just this just reminded me of a, a thing that happened where in the in Mistwood, which is the medieval type game I play, there's there's thievery and you could pick pockets and whatever. But it's also like very much law where it's like, oh, you you stole from somebody, so we're gonna cut off your hands. So there was a player who was like, Well, I'm gonna steal from another player because that's what I do at other games. I'm a thief. And then, you know, they're like, Oh, you stole from this guy. Well, we're gonna arrest you and then we're gonna charge you. And he's like, You're wait, you're gonna what? <laughs> Because, like you said, that's that's so it's this sort of assumption that, like, mm-hmm. in this other game, stealing from players is sort of you look the other way and it's okay. And in this one, it's like, no, it's a crime and you're yeah. going to jail. <laughs> he was just like, I am not prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No quick saves in LARP. No. <laughs> How I wish there were. Yeah. I would be so much braver. <laughs> How do you kind of looking forward uh, deal with kind of things like that or anticipate dealing with? Something like that. Like somebody comes to dark times and they start to do something and they, you can kind of sense like a pushback, like, oh, that didn't, I'm used to that working out how I thought it would, or, you know what I mean? Mm. Well, I think, I think one of the great things about this, uh, so we're doing the rule book play test and we're also going to be doing, uh, in October, I think there's going to be a, a full costume play test, which is, it's, it's going to be a game, but it's not completely a game. Mm-hmm. Alpha I or think, beta or something. yeah. Yeah, basically. I think that Bob and I recognize it like this setting is different from what you're used to. There's going to be some things that are 
the same that'll work. And there's going to be some things that are not the same and won't work. Mm-hmm. And we've been, we've tried to be upfront in the rule book. Like, this is what you should look like when you come in costume. This is what we're expecting. This is what you should think. Um, not to be draconian about it, but so that you look around and there's not that one guy who's completely out of place dressed like a cavalier, because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're like, right. where are you from? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like how, how did you, this does no, no, my immersion, it's gone. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think one of the things that we have to be pretty strong about is to say, I understand where you're coming from with this. And I understand why you, you believe that this should work. However, because of the way the setting is, that doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. if you want to do something similar but different, we'll work with you. But uh, unfortunately, you know, there are lines, and that lines, mm-hmm. those lines are based on the reality of the game world that we've created, which we're trying to explain to you. So I'm, I, and I mean, I will say that I know, I would say 95% of these people from other LARPs that are going to come and play, and they're all great. And they're, they're, you know, wonderful LARPers, super friendly people, willing to roll with the punches. So I don't expect many problems in that regard. Maybe just a little, little bit of like, oh, that's right. I forgot. We don't have those yet. There's no such thing as crossbows. So and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, because I imagine it's pretty important uh, at your game as far as like you mentioned, like costuming. So I guess to see how far somebody's become, you know, tainted. Is that is that true or I just <laughs> No, it is. And honestly, mm-hmm. um there's there's this sort of unspoken rule in the in the book, which probably should be a spoken rule, but uh it's about in, to be. It, it probably should be. In uh earlier games that I've helped to run and have played, they've basically said like, okay, we're gonna give basic humans instead of having them be the you don't get anything fun because you're a human you get awesome things because you're a human and the reason why they did they did that is they said for costuming it's easiest to play a regular person Mm -hmm. and it's like if you want to be this thing or you want to be this horribly tainted monstrosity you have to have your your costuming game has to be you know really high your makeup game has to be really high so that you look good so that other people can play off of you. And since the default is normal human, like, for instance, I am hilariously colorblind and really bad with makeup. And at one point in a game, I went out as a ratling and I thought my I had painted myself brown, but I was green. So I try to stay away from the makeup <laughs> unless I really need to and have help. Someone so paint me. I'll, what color is this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Am I, am I okay? Can I go out like this? And so because of that, like, I often default to regular person and am perfectly okay to, like, have a good costume, but just be normal. And if you're like, no, I totally want to be, like, one of the flesh crafters of Zemnace and, and, and have, like, tentacles and extra eyes and creepy stuff. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. Go to town. But, you know, costume it up so we mm-hmm. all can see it. Yeah. So did mutant rats become a thing? <laughs> No, everybody was very kind and and didn't notice. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 Jeff's a rat. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Moving on. We'll tell him later. Talked about it for two hours at a tavern. Why was that rat green? Must what does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> what does it all mean? <laughs> uh, have to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> There's a plague. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
You didn't let it touch you, did you? (laughs) 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 It's just start like telling people to get out of the city. (laughs) You can't be here anymore. We have to quarantine you. And that's how plot happens. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's happened at the game uh, that I'm staff at. And we just kind of like, it's like, well, let's roll with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have done that plenty of times. And sometimes those have been the best plots. And if you do it well, the players come up to you afterwards and say, oh, my God, I can't believe you anticipated that we were going to do that. And you had this whole thing. And it's like, yeah, we're geniuses. Clearly, <laughs> eight of us weren't in the cabin sweating like, oh, my God, what do we do now? <laughs> I was going to say, we just we just wrapped up a, a plot that was like a joke because uh, the, the hobbits or whatever in our game called bobbins, they they have cheese uh high cheese which they call it it's like you know when they eat a bunch of cheese and stuff like that and um that's their big thing they're all about cheese and meat and eating there was like there was one time that they didn't clean up after themselves and i think it was like a mod went out and so they didn't clean and i was like you know what you guys leave this stuff out there and the cheese golem's gonna come and, <laughs> and it was a it was like a joke like i, that I said at a game and then i was like i got home and i was like this needs to be a real thing <laughs> And so just last event, we had that. We've been like building up to it. And um, I don't think anybody caught on until it was like there in front of them. They're like, oh, 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 oh. That's really good. That That was a great moment. Awesome. If someone is interested, uh, a couple of questions. Where do they get more info about Dark Times? And then kind of what advice would you give them to get started or make sure they do or things they know before they... Well, show up to a game or be involved in the playtests and whatnot. As I said, you can find us on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way to get started. And we've got a Facebook group. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash darktimeslarp, all one word. And you'll know you're there because you'll see the very big grinning skull. <laughs> um, and that's uh, everybody who is even mildly interested in checking out the game is there. And there's not a lot of chatter yet because the game hasn't started, but there have been players who have been great posting uh, costume links and their makeup tests and all that other stuff because they're excited and they can't wait to play. Like I said, there's a link that's posted up at the top of there that leads to the Google Docs where our rulebook is, which basically contains all of the publicly available information about the game that is right now. And that um, includes lore, right? Like there's little lore tidbits in there. There are little lore tidbits. If you read everything, it's you get a pretty good sense of the world. Okay. And there's also a sort of like a, a glossary of like, here's some places you may have heard of and how cool. weird and scary they are. Once you're there, you can always feel free to uh, send us messages. If you've got questions, if you, you know, if you're interested in coming, but you feel intimidated, I mean, I know I made a big deal about costuming and makeup earlier, but really don't. It's okay. We would rather have you. We'll work with you. We'll all do this together. It'll be fun, I promise. And uh, especially if you have questions, because one of the advantages for me is that I've been playing with a version of this rule system for a very long time now. But for people who haven't, it's this, I'm sure it's Byzantine nightmare where it's like, oh my God, what do I do? All these things, what do I do? How do I spend points? And we're more than happy to help out with that. Awesome. Sweet. And the location again? Uh, we're going to be running at a dedicated LARP site in Jefferson, Maine. 
which is the main adventure society site. It has its very own palisade wall and buildings and scary, scary module area. But um, it's just so everybody knows, just so you don't come up to me at the game and say, this wasn't in the brochure. Uh, we, we don't have much in the way of plumbing or electricity or amenities. So people either what rough the- it on the site or leave and come back. We, the game stops at like midnight to two in the morning and then picks up 10 the next morning so people can sleep or go home and sleep and come back or whatever but it's rustic but it's great and we have our own gate that you can fire arrows down on the advancing hordes from and i i love it it's wonderful nice sounds awesome do you have sort of a vision five ten years in the down the road yet or is that a little too far out for now well so this game is uh is sort of in between like the episodic game that could theoretically run forever and sort of the the story arc game that has a definitive big beginning middle and end and i think i feel like that part is going to run us about a total of 3 or 4 years so by this by that time in this location we'll have mined out the major story arc but i also feel like if we get to the end and we still feel like yeah, this is a fun world. Let's do stuff with it. We can start a new game with new characters in a new location in the world and and keep going. But for right now, I just I just want to run this one campaign and hope everybody has fun. Sounds like a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. I need to quit my job. <laughs> so yeah, I'll do LARP it. all the time. Yeah, do any go go. Just travel <laughs> LARPer. Send me the LARPs. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anything we didn't cover that you wanted to make sure people were aware of or wanted to share? No, I, I think we hit the, the, the basics. The only thing I want to add is the inspiration for the game, because, because Bob and I have said it so often that it's sort of become this, this joke on its own, which is that what is Dark Times? Dark Times is if Robert E. Howard and H.P. Lovecraft spent a weekend in a dark room getting really high and listening to death metal and then decided to write a fantasy LARP. And we hope that the game lives up to that sort of tongue in cheek description because we've been having a lot of fun writing it. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Thanks. I'm glad you think so. Well, if you're ever in the area, feel free to swing by, but I know Maine is far away. I mean, we could probably talk about the rules and the game and the, powers forever but uh anything evan or joe you wanted to ask jeff about i was excited to see that uh you allow flails because i've always wanted to have a flail but they're usually illegal oh yeah yeah there there is a fine tradition of flails at that site and it is it is fun and frustrating if you are a shield fighter because all of a sudden you get hit in the back and you don't know why (laughs) exactly that's all that's all i had (laughs) that's okay that's cool cool we really appreciate you coming on jeff and telling us about dark times um hope you enjoyed sharing about it because it sounds really awesome sounds like you put a lot of work into it and i really hope it's gonna pay off uh me too and i'm excited to run it thanks for having me on the show well thanks for joining us for another episode of 321 lay on podcast be sure to like and subscribe follow us on facebook we're part of the next level nerd podcast network so Check them out, nextlevelnerd.com, in our ever-expanding list of awesome shows with awesome hosts that we love. (laughs) 
But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Joe and Evan never add anything to the end. <laughs> There's silence. <laughs> Do you it? I was going to add my own spiel about my podcast, but it's all right. <laughs> We can do that. Fix it in post. Fix it in post. We can do some more after Jeff's done, but uh, he's he's free to stick around and listen to us. (laughs) Pretend like (laughs) they know what we're doing. (laughs) Pretend like we know how to podcast. Yeah, Yeah, yammering on.